Chapter Sixteen of the Randolphs by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. Alfred Parks on Examination. Mr. Harper entered upon his task of making the acquaintance of Mr. Alfred Parks without any very distinct idea of the magnitude of the effort. The occasion was favorable. The young man came for grace to attend the concert, and was in holiday attire, with a new and glorious necktie, rivaling the rainbow in brilliancy. To grace he looked particularly charming, and it was with beaming eyes and a satisfied smile that she introduced, my brother, Mr. Harper, and left them together while she went to make her own adornings. It was with a grim sense of having accomplished it that Maria closed the door on the two gentlemen and left them alone together. Young Alfred, on his part, did not feel particularly at his ease. He was sufficiently master of the accomplishment known as small talk to feel at home among young people of his own age and stamp, and sufficiently vain to imagine that all young ladies, and a large portion of older ones, could be entertained with it. But this dignified gentleman, who was known in their own set as very religious, Alfred felt greatly at a loss how to proceed with him, especially as it was important to make as good an impression as possible, so he did the wisest thing which, under the circumstances, he could have done, kept silence. It is a pleasant evening, Mr. Harper said, plunging at once into the subject that chanced first in his mind, and he was duly answered, Yes, very. Is it a concert that you are expecting to enjoy this evening? This was the next question. Yes, sir. Good singers? I guess so. They are a swell lot who have been largely advertised. I thought we might as well try them. You are fond of music, I judge? Well, some. Do you sing? Not a bit. Miss Grace has a very marked degree of musical talent for so young a girl, I think. Mr. Parks did not seem to know what reply to make to this. He looked somewhat conscious, which, considering the fact that he had not chosen to announce his personal interest in her to any member of the family, seemed to Mr. Harper uncalled for. He felt strangely at a loss what to say next a novel and amusing feeling for him to have, but he had been placed there for a purpose, and it would not do to relinquish it so ingloriously. So, with an amused query as to what Maria would say if she were there, he made another attempt. How did your last course of lectures succeed here? A good many people went to them, I guess. And peculiarly, were they a success? I don't know, I am sure. I never heard any of the fellows say. You do not belong to the association yourself, then? Oh, no. Had they a good deal of talent displayed on the list of speakers? Well, I don't know. I guess they thought so. Anyway, the speakers themselves did. This was intended for a joke, and Alfred showed his appreciation of it by laughing heartily. I'm a school committee, and he is trying to pass examination, murmured Mr. Harper to himself, whereupon he laughed also. Who was the best speaker you had? he continued, determined to get at the root of some thought. Oh, I don't know. I didn't hear many of them. The fat contributor gave us as good a one as any, I guess. He was real rich. He kept the fellows in a perfect roar from the time he commenced until he sat down. Mr. Harper did not doubt it. 
he had got Mr. Alfred Parks's ideas as to lectures at last. On the whole, he was glad that Maria was not in the room. One other item he was anxious for. Was Mr. Beecher on your course this year? Yes, but he was as dry as a stick. I never went to hear him again. I don't know how people can rave after Beecher as they do. I never thought much of him. Mr. Harper changed his seat and his subject. How is the Christian Association getting along? Is it revived any? I don't know much about it. I did hear that Tom Randolph was trying to get up something of the kind, but I don't know how he succeeds. You have not attended any of his Sunday afternoon meetings, then? Oh, no. If I get to church on Sunday evening, it is about as much as I contrive to do. Sunday is our only day of rest, you know. Young Alfred pronounced the word our as though he belonged to a very much injured, ill-used class of humanity, which had more working days in the week than any other, while his companion had to do with a world that enjoyed a perpetual holiday. Are your evenings closely occupied? Oh, no, we close at six o'clock. Yet he didn't attend many of the lectures. This was Mr. Harper's mental comment, and he added in the same way, I wonder what he does with his evenings. It cannot be that he spends them all with grace, at least if he does. I shall try to get the child to start for New York tomorrow. What about the evenings? he said aloud and with a genial smile, as of one personally interested in the young man before him. Do you young men have any system about them, or do you go wherever it happens? Well, there is a good deal of happen about them. There is always something going on, you know, a concert or a party, and then there is always the opera, you know, and the theater for extra nights, and we have our club once a week. A reading circle, is that? asked innocent Mr. Harper. Oh, the dickens, no! And Mr. Alfred Parks laughed immoderately, and voted Mr. Harper decidedly green, and a man not to be afraid of in the least, whereupon he roused himself to be entertaining, and Mr. Harper fell more and more into the capacity of listener, until Grace, blushing and pretty, came in ready for the concert. Well, Maria said, as her brother-in-law came out to where she was sitting, and looked at her while she sewed, how did you enjoy his society? Maria, he said decidedly, we must make every effort to get Gracie to New York. A clear, good-natured, relieved smile blossomed all over Maria's face. I am glad you had a pleasant evening, she said grimly. Mr. Harper sat down on the arm of the sofa and folded his arms. The next thing is to accomplish this thing without any more harm than good by it. I know a way, Maria said decidedly, and I don't see any other way out of it all. That is, to tell father that her associations in the stores are not what they should be, and get him to advise her to go home with you. She will not go contrary to his advice. None of us ever did that. Mr. Harper shook his head decidedly. That must not be done for several reasons. In the first place, it would be necessary to take Grace into our confidence, and thereby rouse an opposition that it would take a lifetime perhaps to conquer. She expects opposition, and will be all the more indignant over it on that account. Then, in the next place, that would not subdue the danger, it would simply retard it. 
Maria, he is not the young man ever to be received into this family. There will never be enough of him to make it a very pleasant acquisition, but there must be a great deal less of him before he can be tolerated at all. Maria laid down her sewing and turned herself around to get a full view of the speaker before she answered. I should like to know what you mean? I never did understand you very well anyway, and I am sure I don't now. You see through the fellow as plainly as that, and yet you say my plan will not do, because we should have to take Grace into our confidence? I should like to know how you intend to accomplish a breaking up of this affair without letting her know anything about it. I should think she would be apt to discover it. Mr. Harper laughed. It is to be done by the natural laws of causes and effects, he said. I think, my dear, kind, faithful sister, that I see my way clearly through this trouble, and that you may go to sleep with a serene hope that the young gentleman will never have the opportunity of sitting on this sofa arm and lecturing you. Now, in the meantime, I have a letter to write to Ermina, and if your sisterly care can suggest anything in the feminine line that Gracie needs to have done for her before she goes away, I hope you will proceed to planning it at once, for I intend to make great haste in this matter. Following out this train of plans, it was at the breakfast table that Mr. Harper, after bringing a pretty glow to Grace's cheek by telling of a remarkable music teacher then in the city, turned suddenly to her with this sentence. By the way, Grace, I suppose you haven't an idea what brought me up here, but the truth is I came for you. I am going to carry you away captive. For me, Grace said, holding her spoon suspended on its way to her mouth, and looking the picture of astonishment. Then she laughed lightly. Messrs. McAllister and company would have a word to say. They would not even give me a holiday of one half day, though I coaxed. But they will have to, if we put it in the light that I mean to. You see, I am going to assert my rights as a brother. I have never done much in that direction as yet, and you don't begin to know my power. I propose to release you from the McAllisters. Tell them that we cannot spare you to them any longer. The fact is, Ermina needs you this coming winter. I have to be confined to business very closely. And, besides, Ermina wants you to continue your music. She thinks, with me, that it is a pity to allow your talent in that direction to go uncultivated. Our plans are all formed and I have been sent up to carry you off, willy-nilly, as my Scotch nurse used to say. Grace's face was a pretty study. It flushed and paled by turns, until Maria began to grow alarmed. Neither Maria nor anyone else knew how dear and precious to her had been the study of music, nor what a sacrifice it had been to the family good when she sweetly and quietly relinquished even her practice hour. Ermina suspected much, but even she did not know the passion this thing had been to her sister, and Maria never even dreamed of it. Mr. Harper saw his advantage and hastened on. We are very pleasantly situated in the city, except that, as I say, it would be lonely for Ermina, but with you there to keep her company everything will be perfect. Father, I am glad to tell you, is decidedly on our side, thinks you need change and rest, and will be so happy to have you go on with your music that he says he shall dream of it all winter. So you see, you have a chance to give him another pleasure. 
Still no answer from Grace, unless a strange choking in her throat and a rush of tears to her soft eyes could have been called answers. I cannot tell you how astonished they all would have been could they have read her heart. There was not one at that table but thought they understood her perfectly, and each had a different view. The truth was that each had a little piece of her character, and there was another little bit hidden away in her heart that none of them saw or imagined. Maria said within herself, She likes the fun of it after all. She has a little sense left. I am glad of that. Helen pictured to herself the grandeur and beauty that enveloped the family in New York, and said to herself, with a little sigh, No wonder she wants to go. Why shouldn't she? Mr. Harper, watching her closely, said, The child is ready to do anything to please her father. And all this was true. What girl but would look forward with delight to the prospect of plenty of leisure to pursue her favorite study? what one with an innate love for the refinement and beauties of wealth but would enjoy the thought of luxuriating in them also grace loved to think of her father as pleased and happy over the thought that she was having the advantages which he had so craved for her but beyond and above all of these things there was another motive she had given her heart into the keeping of alfred parks so she fancied but in truth it was not alfred parks at all there was in her heart an ideal being, vested with all the grace and goodness of a saint, and she had chosen to give him mortal resemblance to Alfred Parks. How she did it, why there came such a glamour over her eyes and her senses that he seemed to her an embodiment of human excellence, passes me to explain. But haven't you seen the same thing done again and again by fresh, foolish, sweet young girls? Grace had been very little into what we call society. The fortunes of the family had fallen before she came on the stage of young ladyhood, and what to Maria, with her keen-visioned brain, would have been impossible, was to Grace, with her ideal nature, not only possible but probable. Alfred was but the synonym for manhood, and he had condescended from his grand height to notice her. The simple little heart was full of gratitude and of humility. She wanted to go to New York to enjoy the advantages of society and of study in order that she might become worthy of Alfred Parks. With what utter horror would Maria have viewed her if she could have known how the silly young heart glowed at the thought of being able to play so that Alfred might be proud of her. It was well for Grace that she had so wise and kind a friend to help her just now as her brother-in-law. Many a bright young girl makes shipwreck of her life and her happiness just here. Maria had not sense enough to be fully satisfied with the turn that affairs were taking. "'You have not said a single word to her about that fellow,' she grumbled, when Grace had fluttered into the little bedroom to kiss her father good morning." I don't see that you will accomplish much by taking her to New York, even if she goes, which she won't. She will go down to the store and stay all day and talk with that idiot between every yard of lace that she measures, and he will persuade her into staying at home. And if she goes, she will be writing letters to him all the time, and that will be as bad as talking with him. If I were you, I should get father to forbid a correspondence." Mr. Harper serenely sipped the remainder of his coffee, and said, 
neither of these things are going to take place my good sister you promised to leave the matter entirely in my hands you remember and by virtue of that promise you are not to so much as whisper the young man's name either to grace or to father until i give you permission if you feel anxious to talk about him there is one safe place you have my full permission to pray for him and grace just as much as your heart prompts and rising from the table as grace returned ready for her walk he said will you take me to the store with you grace i want to push my plans end of chapter sixteen